0: Welcome, once again, to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Almendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good day, Dan. And Dr. Hans Vogt, professor at Ulster County Community College. Pleasure to be here. Well, gentlemen, it's a great delight to have you here in the studio with me today on a Saturday. You know, last week we were talking a little bit about the uh, Second Great Awakening, and uh, we realized, wow, there's so much to discuss seems like we always go through that realization that uh, we really need to continue the discussion this week. Um, when God moves on a people um, we talked about last week he does it in his own timing in his own way and the people um, are broken before him for whatever reason uh, perhaps it's uh, it's an invasion or perhaps it's famine or some hard time many times will break us down so we realize our need. For God in our lives You may be out there today realizing Wow, everything is breaking around me I need God in my life So listen to this broadcast today But uh, in the second great awakening There was a lot of activity that mm, I guess what we could say is Kind of was designed by man himself And uh, it was made to look like God But perhaps it really wasn't God moving And I suppose there were other Manifestations, I guess you could call it, where it was more closely to God moving. So let's pick it up from there and start discussing that uh, whole area.
1: Yeah, yeah. when you see God breaking into people's lives, sometimes it's very dramatic. For example, in the First Great Awakening, Jonathan Edwards is in the Connecticut Church preaching as sinners in the hands of an angry God. Mm. Now we're told that he read this, preached this, he read his manuscript, in pretty much of a monotone. Mm. But as the Holy Spirit gripped the lives of these people, he was forced to stop every so often and remind the people they were not slipping into hell. Mm. That there was such terror in that whole occurrence there. Uh, that's dramatic. You know, that's, that's really dramatic. Well, similar things happened in the Second Great Awakening. And uh, basically, the way it started was that at that time, there were communion was often done just a very few times a year, especially on the frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, we do communion every other week in our church. But back then, it would be maybe once a year, twice a year, and they would all gather together. There mm-hmm. was great preparation for it. And they all got together. And suddenly you had this great working of the Spirit of God in these people's lives. Mm. And so you had people breaking down, you had people uh, fainting, you had all kinds of things. And that gets very exciting, <laughs> you know. And then you get certain preachers that say, this is what we, we've we got to have. So that and, becomes the expectation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and that's it. The outward manifestation is sometimes becomes the main thing, which is should never be but mm-hmm. it does because as humans we can relate to that so people were what, barking like dogs and they were laughing hysterically s- s- uh, yeah mm-hmm. and falling and, down and falling down smitten by the spirit mm-hmm. and you saw all this and you said well that has to be how God is working and if I don't see that then God isn't working mm-hmm. you know it's a very mm-hmm. human kind of thing we want to see something traumatic and so what would happen is a lot of things would be manufactured that were dramatic or
2: highly emotional. And that tended to be where the focus got off. And that was, as a preacher, you could justify that to yourself, number one. I mean, obviously, if you're preaching, you, you want a congregation that's awake and paying attention and not yeah. dosing their pews. But also, um, that was part of the attraction that drew the crowds. A lot of people who came to the revival meetings came to gawk and to laugh at the crazy people. It mm-hmm. um, so so almost sounds
0: could, like the environment of a circus, right? The way you're talking. about oh, yeah.
2: And so you can justify it by saying, "Well, that's what brings people in. They come here to laugh and scoff, but maybe then the spirit gets a hold of them and they get converted." Hmm. Um, but you're right. Uh, you know, and some others very, did. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. But but you're yes. right, Mark. It's a very slippery slope once yeah. you start doing that. Yeah. You now,
0: last week we mentioned how that uh, there was this tendency of moving away from orthodox Christianity, and here's the result now more and more emotion. Um, Hans, in one of your write-ups, you talk about intuition over reason. Uh, what were some of the um, the names of the groups that came out of the Second Great Awakening that weren't really Orthodox Christian?
2: Well, there's a number. Um, there mm-hmm. seems to be two tendencies um, from the Second Great Awakening. One, of course, is Um, So the mainstream evangelical uh, tendency, which is to go out and create the great reform movements to try to transform society and and make God's kingdom uh, apply on earth. You think of the abolition movement, the temperance movement, Mm -hmm. and so forth. But the opposite tendency was to withdraw from the world and create a utopian community. And that's where you see a lot of the cults uh, coming out of this, uh, doing, uh, hmm. trying to create these utopian communities. One we touched on briefly last week, the um, beginnings of the Mormon Church. Mm-hmm. Um, another group that came over from England, um, actually a little bit before the Great Awakening, but then took off and flourished as a result of the Second Great Awakening, were the Shakers, hmm. founded by an English woman who claimed to be the second coming of Christ. She really did. She did. Oh, my. Yeah, Mother Ann Lee's. yeah. And then uh, you, you have uh, another example um, in New York State, the Oneida Community, I've uh, heard of founded those. by John Humphrey yeah. Noyes.
1: By the way, the Shakers were very big in New York. is yes. where they centered a lot. And there's New Lebanon, Old, Chatham. Old Chatham, Old yep. Chatham, uh, there're still a few Shakers. I don't know that they died out. I know a few years ago there hmm. was still a couple holdouts of the Shakers in Old Chatham, which was an amazing thing because what the Shakers uh, did was they prohibited marriage completely. So that not, means that they weren't children. going to You're not going to grow from within. <laughs> well, what they did okay. is
2: they actually um, they would take in orphans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this actually was one of the reasons why the Shakers got along with the, the local people. Because in those days, there was no state or federal welfare system. Each town had to mm-hmm. provide for its own indigent population. Mm-hmm. So when the Shakers said, we'll take in the orphans, we'll take in uh, those people, the taxpayers said, Great, sure, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonderful, yeah. um, and so that the only way they grew usually was by by taking in the orphans because uh, yeah. yes, they yeah. weren't they couldn't have kids yeah. of their
1: own. Of course, that was an evolving thing. Initially, they did have people if they were married. When you came in, it was okay, but then as Anne Lee's got older, she said none of that at all, and then. The, it got that way. And, of course, the other reason they loved them all is because they made great furniture, shaker yes. furniture.
2: <laughs> yes, shaker furniture, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you see with a lot of these groups, um, something um, out of the ordinary with regard to sex, you know, whether it's the celibacy yes. of the shakers yeah. or the polygamy of the Mormons, um, or the Oneida community where it was basically free love, mm-hmm. um, all of them seem to, that seems to be one of the key areas where they would kind of get out of control. Yeah,
1: yeah. and yeah. that's it. Sex is always an aberration. Always in them, as well, you had uh, a focus on the leader. And mm-hmm. In the case of the Shakers, it was what they called Mother Ann Lee and uh, with uh, Oneida, John Humphrey Noyes, and then, of course, Joseph Smith and uh, of course after he was killed
0: Then Brigham Young Well let's pick that up uh, after the break I see we're up against a break here You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting Today we're discussing the Second Great Awakening But we're doing it uh, within the general question of How might God work in our own day And the need, and we admit this great need in our nation right now Of um, our people repenting before a sovereign God Beseeching him for his mercies That he might uh, come and convert many hearts And not just revival, but reformation of the land That every aspect of life will be transformed In accordance with the word of God Stay with us now, we'll be right back after the break
3: Stay with us now for the second half of our program.
4: Revive us, O Lord. Revive us, O Lord. And cleanse us from our
0: And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. With me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. Hans Vogt, professor, Ulster County Community College. We're talking about the Second Great Awakening today, some of the good, some of the bad that flowed out of that whole movement. Gentlemen, let's resume. Uh, While the mic was off, I think I heard you guys talking a little bit about some of the good things also that came out of the Second Great Awakening, and then we'll resume also talking about some of the questionable items as well.
1: Well, of course, there was a a real desire to unite the Christian church, and that's been great, because uh, some of the individuals come in and and hated to see the denominationalism. One of those was Alexander Campbell, and Mm -hmm. uh, he he was very concerned about all the denominationalism. And so one of the things he wanted to do was to unite it. And so part of the way they did that was to deny creeds. Let's not have any creeds. Let's not have any denominations. Let's just have the Bible. Well... Uh, affirming the Bible's a great thing, yeah mm-hmm. but then there's also the problem then, well, what does the uh, Bible say? what does the Bible <laughs> say and then and then you get some of these very difficult uh, doctrines of the Bible such as the Trinity now
0: mm-hmm. clearly taught, hard to understand you know. We covered the Trinity a couple of weekends ago. Right. And that's out on our website if uh, people want to hear about that. But as I recall, we were saying, hey, the word Trinity doesn't even appear in the Bible, and that you really have to compare Scripture with Scripture in order to get the full thrust of what the Scriptures would have us believe concerning God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: Exactly. And so that becomes a very difficult thing. So what happens and it happened in the, the Second Great Awakening is that it wouldn't even be talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's not even talk about that. And, and one of the individuals that kind of wanted to get away from that and one of the leaders of that was a man by the name of Barton Stone. And eventually, Barton Stone came to deny the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And you see how you, these doors open up for Unitarianism and all yeah. kinds of other uh, heresies.
2: And that's, I think, where you go back to the idea of the value of having um, theological training uh, and mm-hmm. knowing church history and, and yes. knowing systematic theology is that most heresies aren't new. Um, you know, th- not. this has come up before in church history. Yeah. And if you have that training, that education, you can more readily identify and, and think through some of these problems. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're just, you know, sort of somebody laid hands on you, handed you a Bible and said, go out and preach – Um, You're really being thrown to the wolves And Mm -hmm. it can create problems And
1: and that's what one of the ironies is And here again, I would go back to this Is it's man's effort to try to do everything And get it all by themselves In other words, instead of letting God be sovereign This concept that we've got to fix it And we're going to do it all And what happened? The Second Great Awakening was a hotbed for more denominations. If you thought right. there were ma- a lot of denominations before the Second Great Awakening, you hadn't seen anything yet, because mm-hmm. there was a huge yeah. explosion of denominations
0: Maybe that's what comes out of it, then, when yeah. you have this uh, attitude of, of like, uh, Reverend Finney, uh, who I think you last week you mentioned that he basically wrote a manual on how to manufacture a revival, yeah. uh, deliberately playing on the emotions.
2: Exactly. And, and it becomes a... <laughs> A cult of personality, really, where right. if the focus is all on the preacher and how charismatic mm-hmm. and how dramatic the preacher is, well, then the focus isn't on God, which is mm-hmm. where it should yeah. be.
1: And then when you, you turn around and you say, well, okay, we're just going to use the Bible, we're not going to use any creeds, well, understand what creeds are to begin with. They're a summary of what we believe the mm-hmm. Bible teaches, they're not in addition to the Bible. No, they're a summary of, of what it is, and they're very helpful. In defining things. So yeah, sure. what, what has happened then, some of these uh, organizations, you would think, would be very open to anyone. And so you'd have a lot of different, if you will, not on the essentials, but on different aspects of theology, have a great variety of, of theologies within this same group, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not so. Hmm. And, and one of the examples I have of that is when I had my church in Illinois, I had one of the members that moved away. And he was an hour away from our church, Mm -hmm. and and he couldn't come back. And we were Presbyterian, Mm -hmm. okay? We're PCA Presbyterian, conservative Presbyterians. Mm -hmm. And so he went to a church, and I'm not going to mention the denomination, but it was a denomination that had come out of the Second Great Awakening. Mm, Okay. And so he went to this church because it was conservative on the basics of, of the gospel. He had some disagreements with it. He tried to join it. They wouldn't let him join Hmm. unless he was lockstep in everything he believed. Mm -hmm. In contrast, our PCA church, as long as you can give a credible testimony of faith in Jesus Christ and can show that you've been baptized and we don't care whether it was immersion or pouring or whatever, Mm -hmm. you could be a member. Now, we might not let you teach. Yeah, that's a different... But, but, role, but sure. you could be, be a member of
2: our church. Yeah. And that rootedness in, in Scripture is so important. What you see with a, a number of the cults, of course, is that they have to have other sources of authority. In the mm-hmm. case of the you yeah. know, a group like the Shakers, it was divine revelation, allegedly, mm-hmm. uh, to the leaders of the group. Uh, of course, um, you know for the for Smith and the Mormons that there had to be additions to the Bible. So first you have the Book of Mormon, and then you have Doctrine and Covenants, mm-hmm. and then Pearl of Great Price. So uh, you know, anytime you start to get really away from from Scripture, um, it's going to become obvious that you're getting away from Scripture, and that's when you need to bring in some other authority to justify why you've gotten away from what the Bible teaches.
0: And so that was the same group where uh, they had this angel Moroni, Moroni yeah, right, yeah. leading them to uh, yeah some lost book and. And that's fairly recent. What eighteen hundreds or something like right. that? Eighteen
2: twenty-three. Smith was hmm. seventeen years old, a, a hmm. troubled young man from a hmm. large and poor family, um, hmm. and believed he had these revelations. And um, you know, I, in, in, in some ways, your heart goes out to him. Sure. Um, but again, you know, if if the family had been rooted in a church and w- with mm-hmm. sound doctrine, I, I think you know mm-hmm. a pastor could have helped Smith through those those troubles and those issues and, and maybe things could have been a lot different. But.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well this yeah. is interesting gentlemen um, so we can have a sentiment of wanting unity and basically water down the truth of scripture thinking we're going to get unity but then what happens is more spin-off denominations form and we have less unity. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we yeah, see in right. history. Now, where do we take it from here? Here we are here in America. Many Christians today feel a need, have a sense that, um, desirous that God works in our nation, that He brings a revival, that He forms our hearts after Himself, um, that we seek after God and try to implement righteousness in the land for His honor, for His glory, um, You know, we certainly don't want to manufacture revival, but what can we do, and I say that very cautiously, humbly, what should we do, uh, given the facts on the ground? We know how broken America is right now. What do we need to be doing?
1: I think one of the things is we need to be in prayer. We Hmm. need to be in constant prayer that God would send an awakening that people will see their need of a Savior, Jesus mm. Christ, who died on the cross for their sins. We can try to, to make this an, a moral nation. Now, um, That's the uh, cart before the horse. Y- it really is. It? And, and Hans mentioned this. One of the other spinoffs that had occurred, which was a good spinoff, was mm. all these um, the temperance, all these other things to try to make the nation more moral, mm. which is good. But, If it becomes the main thing, for example, during this time you had the YMCA's grow up, the Mm -hmm. the YWCA, Um, it's anything but a Christian organization today. Mm. And I think what the focus became was not the gospel, but the focus became the extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And the gospel has to be central Mm -hmm. always.
2: I think another thing to remember, too, is that it's... God, who is right. the one who will bring um people to him, amen, our job is to be faithful to what he's called us to do mm-hmm. um you know, even the apostle Paul said, "You know, I plant seeds, Apollo waters them, God is the one who gives the increase, yeah, uh, that's it, and so the
1: focus on the gospel is to make the gospel plain, not to make the gospel attractive
0: mm-hmm. and when you say plain, you don't mean. Watering down the no, not watering it depths down. of the scripture.
1: No, but making it so people Can understand, understand it, it and it's clear and not to avoid things. You know, sometimes right. I think people try to avoid things that other people don't want to hear. There's a tendency in our day and age to avoid talking about hell because a lot of people don't Very believe true. in hell and don't don't want to hear about Very hell. True.
0: Or it might even be in an order of worship. Some think, Well, I'm not gonna take an offering because it's gonna offend people. Right. But But, hey, you know, that's part of your worship of God Most High. We're offering up to him our gifts and our tithes, and and that's very much part of worship. That's just one little tiny point. Don't feel bad about offending people when God has required it.
2: And make sure that when you're, you know, as you talk about worship, And preaching that the focus needs to be on God and not on us. Us, It's not what makes us happy or what makes us excited Mm -hmm. or what Mm -hmm. gives us warm fuzzies. It's what brings Mm -hmm. honor and glory to God and to Jesus Christ. That's 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 the point point. of worship. Yeah, and to focus
1: on what the Bible tells us our need is and not what, very often, what we have is our felt needs. What are your felt needs? Mm -hmm. Well, you know your felt needs may not be what you really need. What you really need is yeah. a relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and what you really need is to repent of your sins.
0: Yeah, the drunkard may think yeah. he needs that one more drink. Yeah. Yes. And that's his felt need at the time, but there's a much deeper need there. Exactly. Isn't there? Yeah. What other groups came out of the Second Great Awakening? I know we keep going back and forth and back and forth, but to me it's interesting I've heard some other uh, groups. What about Unitarians? I've heard they came out of the Great Awakening.
1: Well, I, I would say the Unitarians actually preceded the, the Great Awakening. Hmm. Um, but And, of course, that was in, in New England. Unitarianism came, and here again, okay. I think it came because of a focus on man and a focus on what can we understand. We can't understand the Trinity. Um, it also came on a focus of how can God send a, a person who's never heard the gospel to hell? And hmm. it came out of more an emphasis on logically trying to figure this stuff out rather than looking to scriptures. And so you had that, and then, of course, what grew out of that was what we call the transcendentalists, which was uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, um, Henry David Thoreau, Bronson Alcott, Louisa Alcott, and, and uh, all of those people hmm. who were very much Unitarians and in, in liked the moral life but didn't really take
2: to the gospel at all. Yeah, uh, Emerson's a great example. I mean, he was a unitarian minister and then left that because he felt unitarianism was too restrictive. Oh my.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so unitarianism yeah. is not evangelical, clearly.
1: Yeah, you had those groups that had grown up. Also, you had, during this time, you had utopianism, which had become uh, communism from a secular standpoint. What I hmm. mentioned Alexander Campbell before. One of the men he had debated at this time was a man by the name of Robert Owens. Now, Robert Owens felt he could perfect society by having communes. And hmm. he came, and he was English. He He formed the communes in America. He managed... How many did he, he form? He formed several, didn't there he? There were
2: several. There was one in Scotland. Um, mm, the yeah. New Harmony was the big one in New America. New Harmony in
1: America, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they never lasted. And then, mm-hmm. of course, there was a Frenchman, Fourier, who had his, what they were called phalanxes, and they were utopian societies, too.
0: Well, today we've been looking at the Second Great Awakening, and uh, there's some good points, but there's also some very uh, questionable points that come from this Second Great Awakening. And our real interest here is, uh, here we are in America, um, sensing a great need for revival in our own day. We see many things breaking around us. Uh, We realize that we have a land where a lot of people, their hearts are away from God. And we want to see God move in powerful ways. But we want to avoid the excesses that come from uh, manufacturing revival. Mm -hmm. The excesses that come from... Um, The things we saw coming out of the Second Great Awakening that that spawned these various sects which were not biblical. So just some quick summary thoughts, gentlemen, today.
2: Well, a couple of things. One that Mark's mentioned, but it it bears repeating, that the, the place to begin and continue and end is in prayer. Mm. Um, You know, because unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. We can't, by our own human effort and striving, bring the kingdom of God to earth or convert people. We have to be on our knees begging God um, to to send his Holy Spirit to soften hearts, uh, first in us, uh, but then also in in those who have not received Jesus. Amen. Mm. That's right. And I
1: think a couple things. Just be faithful to the gospel, faithful to Mm -hmm. God's word. And patience, yeah, because God's the one who does it. It's all us.
0: of Him. Amen. You've been listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting today. In the studio with me has been the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, Dr. Hans Vogt, professor Ulster County Community College. If you want to hear this discussion again, a reminder that you can find it on our website, RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.
4: We have to-